Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to On the Bench Instant Reaction. I'm Josh Newberg, and I got my boys Chris Nee and Brendan Sinone here with me. Promising second half of the season comes to a screeching halt as the Seminoles lose to the Gators to wrap up FSU's 2021 season. Florida State entered Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Gainesville with a lot on the line against one of the top in-state rivals. They leave disappointed after coming up short 24-21. FSU finishes the regular season 5-7 and seven overall while you have improved to 6-6 six and six on the year. The Gators got off to a hot start. Things settled down from there. FSU went without Jordan Travis for a few series in the first half, and it looked like the game was about to get blown wide open. Mackenzie Milton comes in, nearly fumbles away his first snap and throws an interception on his second drive. That was all we would see of Milton. Tate Rodemaker made an appearance before Travis re-entered and gave FSU a little bit of life. We saw another flat third quarter from this team and some fight at the end to make the score closer than it appeared. A disappointing end to the season. I'm going to bring in Brendan. I'm going to bring in Chris. Uh, Chris, how you doing? I'm good, man. Just sitting here in the press box trying to crank some stuff out. All right. Brendan, you okay? Ditto. Same here. All right. It's an instant reaction pod. So, fellas, uh, Chris, first with you, react. I, I mean, I thought it was a disappointing effort overall. FSC was not very sharp. They didn't play very well. That was an ugly first half overall by both clubs. Third quarter was a mess for FSU. Special teams were awful. Defense was really bad on third down in the first half of the game. They weren't really particularly good at it at any point in the game. There are just a lot of flaws, a lot of issues that they have kind of showed up all at once, and that's a big reason why they were so far down on the scoreboard, 17 at one point late in the game. Yeah, they're not talented enough to overcome themselves when they're harmful to themselves, and they were – very, very harmful to themselves today. Brendan, chime in. Okay. Uh, I agree that, yeah, there was a lot of self-inflicted errors. Uh, special teams was a debacle, and that's something that's going to have to be addressed in the offseason. I know a lot of people want a coach to pay for it with his job. And John Papuchas has coordinated good special teams before, too. So that's something that, that's weird and explicable to me, but it has to be evaluated for sure. Like, that special teams has not been good all season, and, and it came back to – to bite you with the pokey Wilson month, uh, muff, and then the, the Parker growth house missed execution on, on the, uh, on the onside kick, uh, offense really, you know, big play offense is, is what you had to do. That's kind of what they've been this season, super yep. limited with the offensive line. Uh, when Jordan Travis goes down, I mean, that kills you for three series and, and you lose by a score 
Uh, and yes, it was closer than maybe the score indicated, but you lose by that score and, and you lose Jordan Travis for three series. You're inept without him. Those are two series that you want to start off on, uh, you know, your UF's 40, um, or sorry, your own, your own 40. And then, you know, Jordan had the offense moving before he got hurt too. So, yeah, again, the offense is so contingent on him. I guess I'm not surprised you say take him away for three series and make him not a hundred percent. Like this is kind of the outcome you expect. Uh, and then was this a little bit, of a microcosm of the season and it was it, a lot and of a microcosm it was right? a macrocosm of the season you start slow you end fast but it's not it's just not enough at the end the special teams <clears throat> oh special teams i mean yeah it was a microcosm for special teams it was a microcosm i mean of course special teams it. comes back to to essentially put the nail in the coffin in this one very fitting yeah, very I mean, poetic uh, look at the third quarter for all you need to know about that seven for 21 leads to three points Eight for 33 leads to a touchdown. Florida took 15 plays, gained 54 yards, and got 10 points out of it. And a lot of that is because special teams put them in a position to easily get points. One of those is Pokey Wilson Muff. You can't afford to do that. You're giving away free points to a team that, you know, you want to be dead and buried with instead of giving them life. And you gave them life. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Can I explain that real quick? So, um, that was the thing going into this game that I think all three of us talked about was like, what are we going to get out of Florida? What are we going to see from, from that program in terms of quit? Is that going to exist? And, and you basically, you know, Florida state during this final stretch of the season where they played so well, they've got up on teams early. They did against Miami and Boston college, especially early. Um, and they just weren't able to do that today for a variety of reasons. You give UF, uh, chances to have momentum to build on itself to kind of figure things out and overcome three turnovers in the first half and this is you know what happens you're just not a better team than Florida from a talent perspective right now you're not a better team than most of the teams you played this year you allow them to kind of build a little bit of a lead like that just makes things really tough one thing we saw that was unexpected was Florida State I thought got dominated in the trenches on both sides of the ball today um, more surprisingly though the defensive line was was fairly ineffective today did Florida do something different, Chris, or or was it just kind of the end of the season and it just didn't happen for him? Well, when Emory was in there, they did a lot of quick passes to the flat. So that helps neutralize your defensive ends to some degree, basically because you're not giving them enough time to get home. Jermaine made some plays. Keir Thomas had a play or two. I remember Robert Cooper having at least a couple of plays where he disrupted things up front. So it's not like that group was completely null and void. But I, would, I think it's fair to say they were neutralized comparatively to the strength that they usually are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Florida did a good job. Now, there was a point, it seemed like, that that drive that went from the end of the third quarter into the beginning of the fourth quarter for Florida, where I don't know if they were feeling sorry for themselves or they were just downright exhausted. Don't know which it was, but Florida kind of took it to them. I mean, they ran it right at them and kind of bashed their faces. And, and uh, yeah, that, that, that was kind of telling to me that Florida was able to do that. Florida's not a team that has done that to a ton of people here recently, even though they've been a very good running team all year. That's not to diminish what Florida is on the ground, but they were far more uh, imposing their will than I expected at any point in this game. And offensive line-wise, FSU was bad on the day. Robert Scott got beat really badly twice, that I recall. Darius Washington had probably his worst ref of the entire season at one point. Marie Smith has continued to be a weakness over the last several weeks, and that's an issue, and that's something they've got to address. It's either they got to get bigger and stronger or they got to move on from them. Um, yeah. Hmm. Brendan, any thoughts on FSU's offensive line today? Um, just not I mean, not their best performance. 
it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Like Chris said, I mean, Darius Washington playing far from 100%. It gives up his first sack of the season. And, you know, there's growth there, but he's not healthy. And uh, Robert Scott got worked on the edge. Uh, that was clear. You know, uh, the reaction you see is that from a lot of fans, though, Flores, they got out coached, they got pencil whipped. Uh, the, the game plan wasn't good. It, it, when you lose in the trenches, you're not. You're gonna have a really hard time winning throughout the rest of the course and other aspects of the game, and, and that's just the bottom line. That doesn't mean there weren't moments where yeah, the clock management was bad at the end of the first half. Um, I wish FSU was more aggressive on the Pokey Wilson uh, muffed punt. I wish they were more aggressive and tried to block it with Florida, you know, backed up into their own end zone. But that being said, it all comes down to the trenches. We've talked about that all season. When the offensive line is healthy and has all five of their guys intact, like they're very competent with Jordan there running the offense, uh, if not, you know, good at times. We saw that against North Carolina. Issues is this line just not 100%. Devontae Love-Taylor not in there. You know, feel bad for him this season he had. Was a shell of what he was last year, and then that was a huge loss. Um, you have to get the offensive line better in the offseason. I think that means Darius Washington, Robert Scott, continuing to have full offseasons where they can add weight, add strength to get better. you got to figure out what you're doing with Maurice Smith at center. Mm-hmm. Uh this is all big picture stuff. I know it's an instant reaction podcast. It okay. just wasn't good. And, and they're not going to be good against, you know, upper tier power five teams or upper half power five teams, average power five teams until they can update the depth and the overall strength of, of the offensive line. Yeah. And one of the, one of the hot topics heading into the off season is definitely going to be whether or not Florida state needs a transfer quarterback today. We saw Florida state empty the bench. Uh, they used all three of their available quarterbacks, all three of their scholarship quarterbacks. Mixed results. Um, we'll, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be optimistic. Yeah, you got something to say there, Chris? That's your mix. I mean, the results can't really be mixed when the results are all the same. Yeah, that's true. The results were terrible. And I'm you. this team needs a... a an insurgence of talent at the quarterback position, however you want to cut it, whether like, I I just, I can't see this team entering 2022 without taking a transfer quarterback. I think that would, you know, I think they need some experience on this roster. Um, Jordan Travis at times, he is the heartbeat of this team, but you know, this is what I was saying all summer too. It's whether or not he can stay healthy. It's a, it's whether or not he's available to play. And when he goes down, Florida State has g- gigantic question marks after him. And I just don't know if A.J. Duffy is going to be enough for us to feel confident about that position. I think they're going to need to make another ad. But, but I, we also need to not get tunnel vision of it being solely a quarterback issue. That offense needs to get better in every oh, no. way. Yeah, they I mean, need much, much better that's receivers. A given. The O-line has to improve. And – the running back room is pretty good, but it wouldn't hurt to have a guy who can be another guy within that group. And I don't think anybody's been harder on the wide receiver room than I have. Right. But, I mean, they today, leading receiver is Andrew Parchment. Five for 53, but he was targeted 10 times, so he had a 50% catch rate. And he had he had a couple one-on-ones that he lost, including one that turned into a turnover because he did not win or compete enough on the one-on-one. It's funny kind of leading up to that, to the yeah the OPI and the OPI was was questionable in my opinion, but it, the the interception. I mean Jordan needs to throw a better ball, but I mean you can see that up from the press box free play. I elbow Chris, like they got him one on one. The way the safety is kind of rotated. he can't win one on ones, and that's the issue. It's like even if Jordan doesn't put a great he ball got muscled there, for that ball. He got, he got boxed out. He got, he got bodied, yep. and he got muscled for that football by a freshman. 
And so here's that, a kid that came in to be a number one wide receiver at Florida State. He's had so many chances to be that guy. They've given him the ball in so many games against Jacksonville State. He couldn't win a one-on-one against UF. Of course, he's not going to win on one-on-one. My question to you, Brendan, are we done with the sevens at Florida State? Do you think that we see either of the sevens return to FSU next well, year? Andrew Parchment's eligibility has been exhausted. We'll always Woo, one seven gone. Okay. We'll Tell me about the fourth, other seven. We'll fourth and 14. I mean, Jerry and Jones, you know, he gives up a touchdown today. He was in good position, too. It was just a really good ball and a good catch. Uh, a microcosm of the season, Brendan. A macrocosm of a the macrocosm, season. Macrocosm. That's the, the headline for the podcast is a macrocosm. I mean – yeah, you got to get better than Jerry and Joe, and they have. I mean, he's he's been relegated to as a backup, and that's probably what his role at this point ideally is. Is someone who plays 15, 20 snaps. Well, if he comes up. back, just change his number for me. Okay, no more sevens. Just no more sevens. Unlucky sevens. All right. Anything else as we head into the offseason? We got recruiting up right now on Knowles twenty four seven. Zach catching up with a lot of the commitments. We're just trying to really find out what they felt of the season overall now that it's over. And I think you would be surprised by some of their reactions. Um, got about a half dozen or so right now. Zach on the phone with a bunch of them going to continue to talk. We also have a deal going on right now on Knowles 24-7, 75% off. I know a lot of you have been waiting for the promo all season. This is it. It doesn't get much better. It comes out to like $24 for the year. It's insane. Go to the front page of Knowles 24-7. Look in the right upper right-hand corner. There's a green link that says join. It'll take you to the promo. Only a couple days left. Take advantage of it now. Don't get in my DMs later asking when the next promo is going to be. <laughs> um, I have one thought before we go, before yeah. we wrap up here. And I'm sure we'll do a, a season post-mortem uh, sometime this week coming up. And, and as we turn our attention almost exclusively to recruiting for the next few months. Beginning of the season, we all said five wins to six wins was reasonable for this team. Uh, after the 0-4 start, I think that was something that we all thought was impossible. They battled. They got there. This team has played hard even today. Again, this was the macrocosm of the season. You get down early. You fight. You find a way to at least be competitive. Uh, you show effort when, when people are kind of ready to, to write you off. Me too. I thought it was going to get bad today. Uh, and they, they kept fighting. What did Bobby Bowden say? About I don't, I don't know if we've said it on this pod. Have we Have we heard it? Uh, <laughs> you lose a lot, you lose a little, then you almost win, then you blow them out, something like that. Uh, not quite as articulate <laughs> as, as Coach put it, but, um, you know, this is – I think we're firmly in the lose by little phase, and that doesn't mean you you win – you know, you lose every single game, but you, your 500 football team is kind of what we thought this team would be. So I know it's frustrating. I know people want to egg the season with a win against Florida. That would have been great. They had their chances to do it too, despite not playing very well. Um, but that's where the program is right now. And that's where it was supposed to be at the beginning of this year, based if you were applying logic and, and thoughtfulness to, to where you were seeing the program go. So they're still on track, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think today disrupts it. I think it would have been a cherry on top to get you the extra bowl game and to, to be a selling point. That's disappointing. This offseason is going to be about talent acquisition, whether you can get guys in the transfer portal, whether you can hold on to the recruiting class to help you take that next step to win by a little uh, in 2022. Nailed it. Yeah. Just to add to Sinone's point, the only thing I would say is that, yeah, it's all about adding more talent. But it's also – I think this team goes into the offseason, and thankfully it's a much more regular going into an offseason than we had a year ago, um, kind of knowing who and what they are. And I, I think that's a positive as you get back in the – strength and conditioning program and the offseason program and eventually into the spring of 
the foundation is pretty soundly laid at this point. I, I think that's a big positive. Next year isn't going to be as much about learning about themselves. Next year is going to be all about you have to improve. You have to be better. There has to be better results. It's a crucial, crucial year for this program, for the head coach, for the players that are kind of the foundational base of this group that they've gone young with. So, yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, doing these instant reaction podcasts all season. Some were better than others. Uh, we will see you guys on Knowles 24-7. Going to be a busy week of recruiting. Coaches hit the road at 6 a.m. We will have full coverage all week. Tune in. Chris, Brendan, see you guys on the site. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.